So when Pete Rose did not bet on the Reds to win a game, the bookies knew that he wasn't that happy with how the team was playing. The tie-in obviously is this. If you're not buying silver and you're bullish, then you're not bullish. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And in today's video, we are going back once again to Vince Lancey of Goldfix Substack. It was a great show lined up for you. Covers a lot of the gold and silver news over the past week. Touches on the CTAs, some of the other developments. And also highlights an interesting analogy of what can be learned from the Pete Rose betting scandal and how that can be applied to silver and some of the sentiment out there and what that could often lead to. So with that said, here is Vince, the Professor Lancey. Good afternoon, folks. I'm Vince Lancey. We have a couple of things we want to go through today and trying to standardize it a little bit and share a little bit about my own uh, trading this week. So why don't we get right to it? All right. I'm going to make quick work of this, hopefully, right? We're going to walk through the charts like I did a couple of weeks ago, but in a more concise manner. I want to talk about miners a little bit and what little I do know about them. I know a lot about the, the big picture. Do not know anything about the little picture. I'm going to leave that to Chris, and uh, he has some things to talk about, I think, coming up. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about silver premiums. Well, why don't we just talk about it right now? Silver premiums are creeping up. So I have seen... Uh, I do not see that confirmed to be EFP yet. I don't care. If you're a buyer, you're a buyer. If someone's advertising that their premiums are high, are creeping up, that's like saying mortgage rates are going to go up. You should, you know, buy your home before the mortgage rates go up too high. Whatever. Your decision. Daily prices. Okay, we're going to go through daily prices. How to feel when the sell-off comes. Not if the sell-off comes, when the sell-off comes. Is it going to happen next week? No, I'm not predicting that. Uh, is it going to happen from time to time? Of course it's going to happen from time to time. You know that. So uh, we're talking about managing feelings. Uh, and I say that because of what I went through last week. I say, well, if I'm going to suffer, they should all suffer. Okay. There are three types of silver people. Stackers, traders, and everyone else. Stackers don't care about daily price. Traders care too much, at least from a stacker's point of view, Right. And then there's everyone else and everyone else is where I am and everyone else needs to deal. And this message will be for everyone else. Pete Rose, uh, the lessons that I had to remind myself of this week and uh, sharing that with you. And we'll talk about Batman next week. All right. So we're, why am I starting out with the gold fix this week? Well, there are stories that are relevant to what we discuss here. And, uh, uh, this week in particular flowed very, very interestingly, and it's about miners. Okay, so let's start with this. This is the front page. Uh, we talk about what happened during the week. We talked about it on Friday. Uh, there's a Sunday report. Silver and gold got hammered last week. We unlocked this for, for Arcadia people. And, uh, well, there was a warning there. <clears throat> and that's the the... Yeah. It's not a self-congratulations. It's just like, you know, you just have to be careful. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's what happened. 
All right. Mining. Okay. Uh, starting during buy season, you start to see uh, recommendations. Buy gold because of this. You never see buy silver. But silver is implied, and they always, Bank of America likes to bury silver in there sometimes. Although this is not about silver, this is about gold. Um, and so I was reading the Bank of America reports, and 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 you know they, they had the usual. It's the it's it's buy season, so Bank of America says to buy gold. And you know they're 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 pretty good metals analysts. Bank. They also have a big short position, so futures, which I think is is a hedge for someone who's physically long gold. I mean silver, but that's neither here nor there. All right, so what are we talking about here? Bank of America then writes a second report after the usual buy gold that's going up stuff, and it says talks about miners. And it talks about miners, and they don't talk about miners a lot. It talks about miners from a green perspective. They lay out in here ESG frameworks for the gold market, which I thought was interesting. And I did a whole big write-up on that. And, and the bottom line of the write-up was, was if they're looking at gold as potentially green-friendly, then they're going to look at gold more. And... Uh, the link at the time I put with it was the IMF. The IMF had just put out a report. Uh, oh, actually, they put out the report a little bit later. But there was a lot of talk about monetizing gold, which we know is happening. It's happened. And if you're monetizing gold, then then uh, you need to uh, be more friendly to it from a green point of view. Gold miners were uh, looking at they're looking at some merges between gold miners and copper miners. You know, copper's green, gold's not put them together and you get semi-green. That's a rationalization for owning gold. So that's the first Bank of America report. The second one, and this one, bing, that really made sense. The next one comes out days later. What's the date on this? The 21st, right? The next one comes out days later. And this is a minor must read. Why? Because they're talking, I'll just read the, I'll read the points. Here's the meta take that matters. When a bank is contracted or believes there are undervalued companies in the industry, they do their research on the business, in this case, gold, and the companies. They put out public reports first on the industry, like this one, and then on the companies within it, which will come down the road. And if something possibly happens in M&A in six months to a year, possibly, not always, possibly. We know something about M&A behavior from our Lehman days. Okay, fine. That's great. This morning, five in the morning, out of Australia, Newcrest Mining digs in for M&A talks, calls in advisors. All right. Uh, Newcrest board is understood to have retained investment bank Lazar Frere. That's Lazar Australia uh, at Melbourne. Why are they doing that? There are talks about a global tie-up. This is an Australian miner, and they're just in discussions with uh, Barrick, I think. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, new miner Barrick were interested before, and that's who's interested now, they think. So, but this is how it happens, okay? The, you start to see consolidation industry. So if you have minor exposure, you want to consider that. It's It's, you know, it's... How is it not bullish, right? It's 80% bullish. But you might see all miners go up or be floated from this 
potential consolidation. And if you have the wrong one, when the deals go down, uh, when the deal, whenever the deals happen, the ones that are bought will, will, will go lower. So you have to make a decision. We looked at the CTAs, right? And I will say this, although it's not predictive of direction, it is predictive of flows. So in a sideways market, the silver CTAs are too long, which means usually that as the market continues sideways, they will start to sell naturally. They're over allocated. It's a crowded trade. Also, we noticed that platinum and silver are behaving the same way in terms of speculative flows. Gold is not. So in silver, flat tape is bearish. Or so, flat tape encourages selling. Bullish tape encourages small buying. Bearish tape encourages more selling. That's it. So too long for sideways market, platinum parallel. All right. So the CTAs or the small speculators are too long for too long. And this is something that, this is an update of the chart I showed you last week. Silver, you know, you like to see the open interest going up and the market going up. But when you see the open interest going up, that's the green part in the red rectangle and the solid line going sideways, that's bad. Now gold looks more normal, uh, but silver should tell you that, uh, that if the market doesn't, move for another reason, a war, silver cures cancer, which by the way, it does, um, uh, infection anyway, and it's cancer preventative. Uh, then if you don't get the market to bail you out, then you're running out of money. So if stocks drop, it can get ugly. Why stocks? Because CTAs are stock longs. And if stocks start to drop, most people that are long stocks will not sell. Some will sell. Speculators will sell more. And the, the, the retail that's long stock that doesn't sell will sell silver. And they'll sell copper. And then they'll sell a little bit of gold. But that's how it works. Just saying the flows are going to get bearish. Copper. I looked at copper to see if I was right about silver. And copper didn't say one way or the other. No feel. Go with the uptrend upon reentry. Okay. Yada, yada, yada. All right. Three types of silver people. There are three types of people watching this, hopefully. Stackers who don't care about the day-to-day -day price. And that's right. And they can manage that. They're like, I don't care. They turn the TV off. They, they turn the tape off, whatever. Traders who care too much. Where's it going? Where's it going? What am I going to do? Uh, uh, should I be bearish? Should I be bullish? That type of stuff. right? And everyone else. And, and I'm part of everyone else. And everyone else needs to deal with their biases. So the message for people like myself who own silver and gold for uh, multi-generational investment purposes and trade it short term, you have to know your bias. And if you're always bullish, but you're not buying, then others that feel like you are selling. So why am I bringing that up? When gold and silver had a run-up, I caught a nice part of it. And then I missed the last $100 of gold. And I think I mentioned that before. And then when I got bearish on gold, I didn't sell it. I bought a straddle. And the straddle is doing okay. It's not doing great. It's doing okay. 
but the point is, when I was bearish, I bought a straddle because I didn't want to be wrong and have the market go up and not make money. And when it went down, I made money, but not, not much at all. Very volatility comes in when, when gold drops. Uh, uh, the point of that is I managed my bullish, bullish biasness by buying a straddle. I at least admitted that I wasn't bullish. What about every time you admit that you're not bullish, but don't get short? Am I telling you to get short? No, at least not today. I'm telling you that if you aren't bullish today, then there's someone else like you who's also not bullish that will sell it. So you should learn about your own insights into the market. Trust yourself. You know the market. Trust it. Um, so where does this tie in with Pete Rose? All right. So when I was a kid, uh, Pete Rose got banned from baseball. He was still playing. It's weird, but he got he got banned. And uh, and I was watching a game with my father, uh, and I said, "That's ridiculous." He only bet on his own team. Uh, why would that make him, you know, a gambler? Why would that make him bet? And and my father gave me the first indication of of bias. He said, "Well, did he bet on every game?" I said, "I don't know." He goes, "Well, he didn't bet on every game. He bet on some games." I said, "Why does that matter?" He said, well, the games he doesn't bet on, he didn't think they would win. He wouldn't bet against the Reds because he was a Reds fan, but he didn't bet for them. So when Pete Rose did not bet on the Reds to win a game, the bookies knew that he wasn't that happy with how the team was playing or the pitcher was hurt or somebody had a twisted ankle. Whatever, the bookies sensed his weakness and moved the money line, bet against the Reds. So by him not betting on the Reds, he was betting against the Reds because he had a bias. The tie-in obviously is this. If you're not buying silver and you're bullish, then you're not bullish. If you're always bullish silver and you're not buying it, then you're not bullish. That doesn't mean you have to sell it. I'm not saying you should sell it because you're bare, because you're not bullish. I should say what I'm saying is stop caring about the day-to-day -day prices, whether it's up or down. If if you're like, I'm bullish, but I'm not buying, then say to yourself, I'm not bullish. At least today or tomorrow. It's not a long-term thing, it's a short-term thing. And when that happens, you don't care about the price. Laugh when it goes down because you're right. Right. So if you're not willing to buy, you are selling. And the point is, in trading, there is no holding. There is buying and selling. There is no holding. Holding is something that was fucking made up by stock analyst firms to tell you not to sell. You buy or you sell. You do not hold as a trader. All right. So Pete Rose is a silver bull. And when he doesn't buy, He's effectively telegraphing that he's selling. Now, I'm not important. Maybe you're important, but let's assume that we're all, generally speaking, not that important. But when 5 million not important people, right, as a group, don't buy silver, what does that tell the banks? The banks are the bookies here, guys. If you're not buying silver, 
you're that much closer to selling it if you're a CTA. So when Pete Rose doesn't call in with the bet on the Reds, bookies bet the other way. The banks sell silver when the 5 million of us do not buy silver. That's how it works. Of course, there's manipulation. Of course, they spoof the market. But it starts with speculative reticence at buying. And that's what happened the last two weeks. Silver was buying and the market wasn't rallying. Buying, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Buying, that means there's a commitment to the market. I'm bullish. I'm putting, fine. But they got a little too long. And then that bullish information came out from the uh, FOMC. Remember that? On Wednesday, and gold and silver rallied. I was like, oh, that's great. That's great. That's good. Everything's going up. And then I looked at uh, uh, stocks, and they were up. I was like, okay, fine. Stocks are up, of course. That They move in tandem when the Fed does stuff like that. And I went, where's the dollar? And the dollar was like down 100 points. I'm like, Jesus, gold and silver should be up way more than that. If there's buying to be had, if there's money on the sidelines waiting to go in, well, there wasn't much money left waiting to go in. The flame got extinguished on that rally. The idiots, right? We're all idiots sometimes, but the idiots came in that day and said, oh, it's going up. And that was the last of it. That was the, the flare. That was the V-Rat. That was the high. Now, could it have gone up from there? Of course it could have gone up from there. But I'm a bank. And the next day something happens and I don't see anyone coming in. I don't see Pete Rose calling to put a bet in. The next day, I'm like, okay. You guys in silver have been buying every day when it was going sideways. You bought when it went up. And the next day, you didn't buy again. Uh, sounds like you're out of money. Sounds like you're still paying off your Christmas credit card debt. And so the banks lean on it. They just lean on it. You don't have to sell it. You just lean on it. And the market starts to break a little bit, break a little bit. And the CTAs that bought last week, they're like, oh, shit. Get out, get out, get out. And then it just snowballs. That's what you have. So, so in a very, very healthy market, this dip gets bought because there's more paper looking to buy, more paper, I said, right? More customers looking to buy at every level. But silver is not like that. Platinum is not like that. They'll buy, they'll chase. They won't buy dips. Maybe they'll buy a dip. But the play is to sell rallies, not to, not to buy dips right now. Why am I saying all this? Because people like me eat people, eat CTA's lunches. I'm probably getting that metaphor wrong. But we eat CTA's for lunch, something like that, or we eat their lunch. If, if, if the weak hands, if the impulsive hands aren't buying, right, then they're that much closer to selling. And that's what happened Thursday and Friday. So if we go lower. Tonight, if we go lower Monday, that's fine. If we go back up, don't get all FOMO if you're in the middle. If you're a stacker, you don't care. Laugh at other people's idiocy, right? Laugh at me. I don't care. If you're a trader, maybe you should be buying it for five minutes or selling it for two hours. But if you're in the middle, if you're a macro trader, which is what I guess I am at a, at a, at a uh, uh, fundamental stacker, uh, then you want to know when you're Pete Rose. That's it. So recognize when you're on bullish as you normally are and take advantage of it. 
Meaning, either start selling short, which I'm not telling you to do, it's hard to deal with, or um, recognize that it's probably going to go lower because if you're not buying, they're selling. So have a great day, have a great week, and, uh, and either get short or don't worry about the price, or get long and be right. Who the hell cares? But you're going to make money because gold is money now, and there's not a lot of investable gold in the world. And silver follows. Have a great day. I'm Vince. I'm out. Well, thank you, Vince, as always, for another great show. Great to get your insight there. Like the analogy between Pete Rose and silver. And again, those are some of the things that I used to think about during my time back on the trading floor and just trying to understand the trends and what other participants in the markets may be thinking. So hopefully you found that helpful at home. And real quick, before we wrap up, would like to thank First Majestic Silver, who brought us today's video and is a sponsor of the show. Again, as I've mentioned before, First Majestic did have record silver equivalent ounce production, calling for a higher forecast in 2023, even relative to what they produced in 2022. And one question I've gotten from a couple of people was why the stock price is down a little bit in the time since then. And obviously the silver price has dropped in the last two days, but even prior to that, it seems like the main thing is that with the 2023 guidance, some analysts were calling for an even higher number. And again, the other thing that's happened is that the ramp up at Jared Canyon has taken a little bit longer to get into full optimization than expected although I know that is one of their focuses moving forward. And additionally, worth noting that Jared Canyon runs solely on natural gas, which has fallen quite a bit since August, which will help to reduce the cost in 2023. So again, I'll have the link to this press release here in case you'd like to go through the details and find out more about First Majestic's progress. You can also go to firstmajesticsilver.com in the contact tab and reach out to Todd Anthony or Mark Carruthers who are happy to answer any questions and just appreciate First Majestic bringing us today's video. Hope you're having a great day out there and I will look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>